Welcome to the Teaching Middle School ELA Podcast. We're your hosts, Caitlin Mitchell and Jessica Kanata. If you're looking for ways to bring rigor and engagement to your middle school ELA classroom without sacrificing your nights and weekends, then this podcast is for you. Our goal is to provide you with your weekly dose of tips, tools, and inspiration so you can actually enjoy teaching again. We'll help you bring the fun and creativity to your ELA lessons so that your students master the standards and you can leave school when the bell rings. Get ready to be that teacher you've always wanted to be to do great work and thrive. Before we dive into today's podcast episode, I just want to extend an invitation to one of our free live events that we're hosting this summer, all about the three pillars of our batch planning systems. It's a free workshop experience. It's a one hour live workshop. And then we're also hosting a pop-up Facebook group that has three bonus trainings, tons of community, just all of us really working together to assist you in your own batch planning. Because, you know, I stopped planning every single day, every week, even every month, a really long time ago in my teaching career. And I know that sounds crazy, but hear me out on this because the process of batch planning is a much more effective way to plan, right? You just devote either like a few hours or a few days to batch planning and then you're done for a really long time, right? Your current self is setting your future self up for success. And what's even better is when you're not doing it alone, right? Participating in this with a huge community of people who are all working toward the same thing is really powerful. So in our free workshop experience, we're going to walk you through the foundational principles of batch planning and support you along the way. So you'll walk away from our experience together, knowing how to have your whole first month, your whole first quarter, even the whole first half of your school year just done, planned, ready to go um, because we want you to actually be able to enjoy your summer, like really actually be able to unplug, you know, put your feet in the sand if you're going on vacation somewhere or you live near the beach or have your glass of Pinot at five and watch your kids play, not even thinking about school, really just doing whatever the heck it is that you want to do this summer, not even giving school a second thought. And I can't think of, quite frankly, a better feeling. That was one of my favorite things to do, setting my future self up for success, um, Um, at the beginning of summer so you can really freaking unplug. Um, So I'd love to invite you to join us. If you go to ebacademics.com forward slash podcast June 2022, you'll pick your date. We have a couple different dates to choose from. And then we also have our pop-up Facebook group. So after you pick your date, go ahead and request access to join our Facebook group on the thank you page. Um, And we'll be set to go. We're starting everything here very soon towards the end of the month. And we're looking forward to having you join us. All right. Without further ado, let's dive into today podcast episode. All right, teachers, I am so excited to have a very special guest with us today. Mandy is going to be talking all about the flipped classroom, what that means, what that looks like. And Mandy is also a podcaster. You have the Sustainable Teacher Podcast, which is so appropriate for our audience as well. So if you haven't listened to Mandy's podcast yet, definitely hop over there and check it out. Um, you know, I think it will really speak into complementing what we share here at EB Academics as well. So with that being said, welcome, Mandy. We're so excited to have you on the podcast. Hi, Caitlin. Hi, everybody. Thanks so much for having me. So can you tell our listeners a little bit about yourself, who you are, what you do? Um, give us some insight. Yeah, absolutely. So, hey there, I'm Manny Rice. Um, my husband and my three boys and I live just outside of Cincinnati, Ohio, um, which is a roundabouts where I taught um, high school social studies for 10 years. 
Uh, my husband is a high school principal about to move into an assistant superintendent position. So we're educators through and through. Um, our boys are eight, seven, and four and are on summer break. So they may interrupt at any point. <laughs> I love it. Just to let you know. Mom yeah. life, right? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> um, so yeah, in my first and second year of teaching, pretty typical, really incredibly stressful, working a lot, really hard, right? And then after my second year of teaching, decided to go all in and completely flip my classroom. And really from day one, my district at the time asked me, okay, can you start sharing what you're doing? And so that's what I kind of did. I started sharing and saying, here's this strategy. How can I help you? Um, and then a few years ago, left the classroom and I'm now dedicating my time through my business teach on a mission to help teachers build the sustainable classrooms of their dreams, right? That allow them to be effective in the classroom, but also um, present in their personal lives and whatever that, whatever they want that to look like. I want their teaching career to be um, kind of in parallel with that, right? We don't have to sacrifice one to get the other. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, that's, that's what we do. But yeah, I thanks love for that. Out podcast. Yes. I like, I want to give you snaps for that because um, that is so in alignment with what we teach, right? It is, it's about the both and right. It doesn't have to be either or. And I think a lot of the times we fall into the trap of, I can either be a great teacher and like an okay partner and mom or a bad one, or I can have the opposite. And I think that when we have systems and plans and like processes and frameworks in place for ourselves as educators, we get to have both, you know, success in the classroom and success at home. There's this great book called, um, by Michael Hyatt. I'm trying to think of it's Mm -hmm. win it, win at work and succeed at life. And he talks about the double win. Um, and I just love that. And it is possible, right? It is possible. Mm -hmm. We just, we get to have these systems first to help us attain that ultimate goal. Um, so with that being said, what is the flipped classroom for someone who's listening and isn't familiar with this term at all? Absolutely. So think of what you do in the traditional classroom, inside the classroom. Oftentimes it's delivery of content, right? Call it lecture if you want, but it's delivering the content in the way that's specific to your subject area. Then homework, think of that in the traditional classroom, is the practice of some sort with the stuff that was just done in classroom. We'll take both of those things and where they are done, where they are completed, either in classroom or at home, and switch them. So now, the quote homework is the delivery of the content through a video that the teacher makes and it comes before class, right? So homework's not after the learning. It is the learning and it happens before class. So students get to take what they've learned from those notes, bring it to class and essentially do the harder parts of learning, you know, like higher up Bloom's taxonomy, right? Those harder parts of learning and do those in class in the presence of their peers and their teacher so that the teacher gets to see any mistakes in real time, give them authentic feedback in real time, rather than waiting until homework's done the next day. And then sometimes it's too late, right? Like neurologically, <laughs> right? The synapses You've forgotten what connected. you even did. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, oh, yeah, I gotta remind myself what I did in the homework, ask my teacher about it, and then hope that we can come to a conclusion. Now it's happening in real time because of the flip. I mean, it just makes so much sense to me, you know, and I I remember learning about it, uh, gosh, years ago and being so intimidated by like, oh, I got to record all of these videos. Like, how am I actually going to implement that into my classroom? So I'd love to know 
why did you decide to ultimately flip your classroom? Like what was the impetus for that? Yeah, that's such a good question. So I taught AP psychology to 11th and 12th graders. And then I also taught a couple other electives. I just taught American history, taught all kinds of things. But the first course I flipped was AP psychology. So it had that like by choice, which is a little different than your traditional high success, but it did have that test at the end. Right. Mm -hmm. And at the end of the day, I was like 22 years old. I was so young when I first started (laughs) teaching. I didn't even have my own classroom. I scooted around on my little cart um, and went to different classrooms. And when it came down to it, I wasn't just stressed by the average, like first or second year of teaching. That's hard for everybody. I was stressed because at the end of the day or in each and every bell that I had, I was working way harder to understand that content than my, Mm. than my students were. Yeah. And I felt like I was on stage all bell, every bell, every day, delivering a song and dance in hopes that it landed on my students. I didn't feel comfortable giving, I didn't feel comfortable not lecturing Mm because it's so content heavy. Right. Um, But then I also knew that we could dive deeper into things and do the more engaging parts of learning, but we didn't have time. Right. So the the reason really was twofold. I wanted my students to have more accountability for their learning. I, I used to joke with them and I will say this even to my students today that I am not the beholder of all knowledge. Mm -hmm. I'm here to guide you in the learning experience. Do I know the answer? Yeah, probably. But (laughs) your brain finding it and discovering it and figuring it out on your own is going to be so much more meaningful than me standing up at the front of the room telling you everything. Now, does that mean I then never lectured ever again, ever? No. You know, when I don't, but it wasn't it wasn't the content delivery at the very start, right? It wasn't the first exposure to the content. So my content delivery or my response to their needs was, was that it was a response to what they needed, not just um, lecturing for the first time. I hope that makes sense. It makes perfect sense. I mean, and it's beautiful too. And I can totally relate to what you just said about feeling like you had to know everything, especially being 22, teaching the AP psych class. I didn't teach AP psych, but I was 22 teaching juniors and high school honors. And I was just like, I have to know the answer to every definition of every single word in the history of the planet. It was so overwhelming (laughs) needing to feeling like I needed to know all of that information. So then do you find, you know, based on your reasons for wanting to flip your own classroom, is that what you see other teachers who kind of come to you for help? Are they wanting to flip their classrooms for those same reasons? Or are they like common reasons that you just see pop up over and over again? Most of the reasons that I see for teachers, um, whether I'm on like a Facebook live with them or a workshop or anything like that, oftentimes, and I'm just kind of thinking of this as you've asked me this question, (laughs) they're content specific. So like an ELA teacher will say, I want to do more writers workshops. I want to do more one-on-one conferencing with my students. Math teachers will will oftentimes say, I want them doing the homework in my class because I can help them overcome those problems where they always then say, well, I'm just bad at math, right? They want to, and that then becomes bigger for them, right? It's not just, I want to see results with my students. It's, I want to teach them specific life lessons. So a math teacher, what they're really saying there is I want to help my students overcome their preconceived notions and that they're bad at math. An ELA teacher is saying, I want to help my students really express themselves. Sure, we're going to do that in standards, through the standards and delivering the content, but ultimately it allows me to 
have time in my classroom to do what I want to do with my students. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. and that's so huge right now for teachers when burnout is through the roof, Yeah, through the roof. Right. Yeah. Um, and for good reason, like it's stinking hard right now. It's so hard right now. Um, and if the flip classroom allows you to deliver the content in accessible ways, that also like a double win allows you to use your class time in ways that lights you up as well. That's a double win. Absolutely. Well, and what's great too, is, you know, students at home could watch the video over and over again, should they need be, or you can offer support in different ways. Or if a student gets it right away, like I might be the kid who listens to it on two times speed. Cause that's how I listen to anything, you know, that's how I intake information. Um, so how is the flipped classroom then even more applicable in today's learning, you know, post pandemic distance learning, all the stuff that our students have been through. And obviously that our teachers have been through, how is it even more necessary than maybe it was pre pandemic? Yeah. Such a good question. And it's funny episode 75 in my podcast, I just released late last night in a hurry. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But the title of it was how the flip classroom allows you to reach your post pandemic students, Mm. because that's what I'm hearing from a lot of teachers is that it's like even more of my students are unreachable, whether it's from like apathy and not being motivated, um, whether it's just not engaged at all and just feeling really disconnected. Um, And then the other one was, oh, and it just slipped my mind. Oh, that when they come up to something in their learning, that's kind of tricky or it's, you know, harder than easy. It seems as though our students are just like cutting their losses. Like, well, then I get right. Um, There's not some resilience there. So what I talk about in that episode, and I'll kind of keep it short here is in a few very, very direct ways, the flip classroom allows you to reach those post, I don't even know if we can say post pandemic, but you know, right. (laughs) Yeah. Right. Like after shutdowns and Mm -hmm. all of that, Mm -hmm. um, is the first one is through engagement. So it allows you the class time to, like I was saying earlier, do the fun things in your class that hopefully lights the teacher up too, not just your students, but, um, you get to the real life application of what you're talking about. You can dive deeper in the content, um, and also kind of alleviate that, um, lack of resilience and that here's something that's tricky, but I'm here with you, mm-hmm. right? Because of the way that I've structured my class. Um, another way is if ownership and accountability, which is the reason I wanted to flip in the first place, you can hold your students accountable for those notes, which is really important. But just by the nature of flipping, more of the onus of learning that responsibility is on the student. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the last reason was, and I was goofy and I said, hashtag real life. <laughs> Think of like you as an adult or you as a teacher, when you want to learn something, what do you do? Right? Like I wanted to learn how to play the piano or how to remove my false eyelashes, <laughs> right? like real life things. Where did I go to learn these things? YouTube, right? I Googled it and oftentimes found a YouTube video with somebody who I thought was kind of cool or I related to in some way. And I learned that way. Mm -hmm. And then I took the time to practice and apply on my time. This is what our students are doing with the things that they want to learn how to do. So let's, let's use it. Let's use that to our advantage in our classroom, um, especially now after the pandemic and after distance learning and all of that. Totally. It really creates, you know, an authentic learning experience for them, Mm -hmm. which I think we get to do as, as educators, because I remember growing up 
and thinking in many of my classes, what the hell am I going to need this information for, you know, (laughs) and not realizing the value of what I was learning. And I think if there were real world applications and authentic learning experiences for me, I would have felt differently. And we want to be able to do that for our students. And I think that this allows for that, um, in such a, a simple conceptually simple way, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, so I love this and I, I, I would love to get like some examples, like I know our teachers are going to be like, yeah, I'm on board, Mandy. Like, I agree with you. I I bought it. And now how do I do this? You know, as an English teacher, what does this actually look like? What's happening at home? What am I doing in my classroom? So if Mm -hmm. I wanted to get started, like, what are the first kind of steps or do you know what I'm saying? Like, can you lay it out for us? Absolutely. So what I often advise teachers when they're just brand new to this concept is think about your classroom right now. What are you doing mostly on a regular day in class? Um, And that may vary, right? But so think of like all of the things that you do in like an average week or within an average unit of study, right? And then think of what you normally assign as homework. Would it be beneficial to swap those, right? Would it be beneficial to swap those where your students get to write more in class, where they get to read more in class, where they get to annotate and edit and all of those things in class rather than at home? Um, Even if it is just on a shared Google Doc and you might be able to see it while at home, that's not really sustainable for the teacher, but um, it's still more beneficial to be doing that in the classroom. Um, now what I also do is have a workshop that I offer teachers. Um, you can go to teachautomation.com slash PD, right? Just professional development, super simple. Um, and we talk about how to flip your classroom in less than 90 days and really get started. What we do in there is establish why, mm-hmm. why do you want to do this? Something that I preach to teachers a lot. Um, and hopefully it's not getting old <laughs> is that we are not flipping for flipping sake. Mm-hmm. We're not doing it because it's trendy um, or for whatever reason. I don't even know if it's trendy, but that's not why we're doing it, right? <laughs> not, not because it's a new cool thing, um, because it's not new. It's, it's not. But we're doing it for very specific reasons to us, right? So mine was very much student accountability and having them own more of their learning than me. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it kind of shifted as I became a mom a few times throughout my years in the classroom and flipping was man, this is allowing me to set up those systems now to make sure I'm not taking work home every single night, right? And I had already had that flipped classroom established. So inside of that workshop, we take what is the biggest, most important first step in flipping your classroom, which is establishing why you want to do it. So that once you do and you see the successes, you can say, yeah, that's why. That's mm-hmm. why I'm doing this. And it kind of refuels you. Yeah, refuels. Yeah, well. absolutely. I actually, I have... If you're watching this on our YouTube channel, I have this little sign that says, remember your why. And it's yeah. like in everything that we do always as teachers, as humans, yes. as, as a female business owner, I'm sure you do too. It's like, why, yeah. why am I doing what I'm doing and how do yeah. I get to measure my success in that? Why and helping mm-hmm. others or whatever it is that your why happens to be. Um, so I think that is such a beautiful, important point to make for teachers that it's not like, oh, I'm just going to do it. 
right? Like there has to be something behind it. Otherwise your students aren't bought in, you aren't bought in and it eventually might fall to the wayside because you've lost sight of your reasoning why. Um, so I love this and I'm so excited that you have a free workshop for our teachers to go to if they're interested in learning more about it. Again, if you go to teachonamission.com forward slash PD, and I want to remind everybody to head over to Mandy's podcast as well, the sustainable teaching podcast. Um, cause I just, I think that everything of what you're saying is just so in alignment with what we believe at EB academics. And I'm sure our teachers will benefit hugely from that. Um, is there anything else that I haven't asked that you want to leave our teachers with? or any one last thought on the flipped classroom? Well, this just came to mind as you were saying that about remember your why. In flipping, in teaching, in all of it, things get so hard. (laughs) And they are, they're hard right now. And another reason why relying on your why is so imperative is because if at the end of the day, you accomplish that one thing, that's enough, mm-hmm. right? Maybe you missed a meeting or forgot an email or there's a parent mad at you or doggone it, his scores just will not budge. But you know what? You reached this one why with a good chunk of your kids. That's enough. Absolutely. That's enough. And that might just be just enough for you to hang on a little bit longer, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and to find that um, breath of fresh air, hopefully. I love it. Well, thank you so much, Mandy. Where else can we find you? Do you have an Instagram that we can follow you at? Yeah. Or where can our yep. teachers go? Yeah. So my business name is Teach on a Mission. So you can find me on social media under that handle. Um, also on our website, teachonamission.com. I'm on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn. YouTube. I'm just exploring TikTok recently. We Ooh, are too. <laughs> yeah. yeah we are also too. on YouTube. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'll so go find fun. you over on TikTok too. Yeah. Thank oh my goodness. So yeah. Thank it. you for coming. I appreciate it, Mandy. And teachers, we will see you next week on the podcast. Have a great week, everybody. Bye, you guys. Bye.